I'm sorry I didn't get to GA this year. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get there. The theme, the power of we, means so, so much in so many different kinds of ways. And it does make me think about what it means to find power as a we. Hence the title of my sermon, not only because Reverend Danielle had already used the power of we, <laughs> but we are the power, ringing affirmative, declarative statement, we are the power. We got the power! <laughs> and the reason I want to do that and the reason I want to bring you a message called We Are the Power, and this will be brief, I think, is that First Parish in Cambridge needs some practice in church basics. I love you to pieces. I love you enough to be here, be wherever you need me, any time. I love you enough to have moved from Berkeley, California <laughs> and not moved to San Diego to New England. But we need to work on our church basics. And so I'm going to mention five areas. There are more. I'm going to mention five areas that need your help. Now, that's not to say there isn't good stuff happening. There is amazing energy brewing and growing, people doing wonderful and enthusiastic things, stepping forward, coming forward, being present in ways that they may not have thought they could before. But there are just some basics we could get back to. Religious education. Religious education. I'm going to say it again, religious education. We need teachers. We absolutely need teachers. And we also need more religious education. I am going to step up myself in this one and offer adult RE this fall. It's been a little bit of a madhouse before that, but I, I have to do this. I want to show that it can be done, but I am not the only one who has something to share with people in terms of religious education. Yes, I can set the example, but you are the community. You are the power. Religious education. Mandy needs more teachers. If you haven't thought about teaching religious education, even on a temporary basis, think about it now. You have gifts to give. You may be shy around children, but they will bring you out. Try it. Pastoral care. Pastoral care. It's pretty simple. Pastoral care. Some people don't actually know what pastoral care is. We sort of bandy it about in church parlance all the time, and folks are like, oh, I don't know what that is. 
Pastoral care, calling someone when you know they've been sick, bringing a casserole when you know they may have lost a loved one, offering to help new parents with meals or rides or shopping, hint, hint, hint. Being publicly present for each other, checking in with each other. If you haven't seen someone in a long time, have you called them? Have you reached out? Have you stopped by their home? Pastoral care. Home hospitality. This one's top of my list right now. I've got a, a, a mother and daughter coming from, from San Diego, actually, uh, in a little over a week to get her settled into her new life, or the daughter into her new life at Berkeley School of Music. We could use some home hospitality for that rather than having to spend money on a hotel. But more importantly than that, what a beautiful welcome to bring someone into your home, even just for a few days. Yes, it may feel like a stretch. Yes, it may feel uncomfortable because you haven't done it before, but I guarantee you the benefits far outweigh the costs. Home hospitality. Reception desk. Some folks have stepped forward, love it. We could use more. This building is here 24-7. <laughs> this building is technically open seven days a week in one way, shape, or form. And right now, Roland Ellis, God love him, takes on the bulk of that time being responsible for welcoming people into this space. This morning, I watched him receive someone with so much grace. My goodness, I, I saw him and watched his interaction with this person. I said, I'm just going to step back. That is ministry. But it shouldn't all fall to him. We sent Hannah off, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a, in a bit, in a beautiful, beautiful way. But she's on her way, onto her next journey. And she had been graciously stepping forward with her incredible, beautiful spirit, welcoming people to this church. Maybe you can do a little bit of that as well. Reception desk. And just as a footnote, Tuesday Meals, it's been around for a little while. You can always use volunteers. Mike is doing some amazing things. Mike and Jess, I should add, our, our new cook, are doing amazing things with community building, with energizing that community, with, with showing up as well. They're not just here on Tuesdays. They're connecting and networking with other people in Cambridge to let them know that Tuesday Meals is here and that Tuesday Meals is a resource. Tuesday Meals. This kind of growth needs to be organic. This kind of learning, really, needs to come from within. It needs to come from questioning who and what you are and how you want to be in relationship with each other. 
The job of staff is not to generate interest or to make the congregation care. Our job is to facilitate the way that you already do care for each other. I mentioned learning. And I want to uh, do a little bit of a footnote here, if you will, because yesterday I was listening to NPR, as one does, and there was a, an article on there. It was called, Why the Value of Education is Overblown, to which I was driving. I almost you know, lost it off the road. And there's an author, his name is Brian Kaplan. I've left some resources along with other things outside of the parlor for you to check out. He's written a book that's called The Case Against Education, Why the Education System is a Waste of Time and Money. And his assessment is basically that people aren't learning useful stuff in school. They're being asked to get all these degrees and spend all this money to do things that have nothing to do with what they're studying. And he used the example of French, of learning French. He said, I was never going to be a French scholar. I was never going to be a French person. Why was I studying French? Why did I spend all that time studying French? And I object <laughs> wholeheartedly. I am going to write him a letter. I may do it in the form of a blog post so it gets further reach. But the thing that I didn't hear, and I haven't read his books yet, I look forward to reading his books because maybe I will be proved wrong in this, but just the way he was talking tells me that he hasn't taken into account the fact that when you learn French, you actually may not learn the language. And that's actually not a bad thing because you learn a whole lot of other stuff. I studied French for an exorbitant amount of time and money. I started studying French in sixth grade all the way through my four years of college. And my French is at best C plus. <laughs> oh well. But what did I learn from studying French for all those years? I learned, first of all, that people speak in other languages. And that doesn't just apply to how we verbiate with each other, that there is this thing called language that's made up of words, emotions, meanings. And I use that knowledge all the time when I meet people in different places where I've never been before, where I'm the stranger, and I'm trying to understand them and where they're coming from in life. It's a life skill I learned by studying French. I learned to be curious and to question my world and to question my meaning and ask myself, am I making sense? I learned to listen. I learned to listen and hear as well. I think most importantly for me, learning French 
helped me belong to a much broader world. I should say studying French. I'm still learning French. <laughs> but studying it let me know there is so much more than what exists in my little classroom, on my little block, in my little town, that there's a whole world out there. And yes, I have had the unbelievable gift to be able to go places and use my C plus French, not just in France, but in Haiti, throughout the Caribbean, in the South Pacific, stumbling through words and meanings, but being able to make that connection because I wanted to and I knew I could try, not because I knew French. That's what I got from learning French. And if this professor, professor thinks that he got nothing from studying French, well, then he should not be calling himself a professor, quite frankly. I mention this business of a learning curve because that is what I believe First Parish is on in terms of understanding what your power is. This congregation is 387 years old. It's been through a lot. There have been a lot of changes. There have been a lot of ups and downs and shifts in the world. People are completely different now than they were when the congregation started, even when the building was built. Different people are allowed in different spaces. Different people are, are empowered to be different things in different kinds of ways. There is no way that we could be seeking or owning the same power now that we did in 1941. Maybe not even in 1981. I have the great gift of having a relationship with one of my predecessors, Reverend Thomas Michelson, who saw other changes in this congregation, other changes in the world, and shepherded this community through those changes, embracing them as they came along. And now I take the baton from him and others before me to say, okay, who do we have to be now? Who are you willing to be now? You are the power. I want to remind you that this is not a restaurant and you are not choosing from a menu. You are the chefs. You are the cleanup crew. You get to do the dirty work. And it's actually not that dirty. It's awesome. You are not on vacation, and I am someone who knows an awful lot about vacations. Not because I take them, but, but because I created vacations for a living. 
I got to spend 24-7 making sure everybody had absolutely everything taken care of for them. People walked up a gangway, didn't have to think. This is not that. I am not your cruise director. This is also not about doing good deeds, then retreating back into your private world. It may feel good. There are things that can be done. But this is your world. There's no retreating from it. Look around this room. Look in each other's faces. This is your world. Care for each other, know each other, love each other. That is my job, to tell that to you every single Sunday that I'm up here. You'll notice that membership is not on my list of things. Membership is the job of every single person who participates in this community it's nothing that can be farmed out to a staff member. It's community building. Managing the, the information about membership is not membership. Membership is relationship. And I wonder if we need to drop the word member and membership and speak exclusively about relationship. With your direct involvement, you're creating the warmth in the hands that will hold you in times of joy and in times of change. And that was never more evident to me than not this past, but the previous Friday when we said farewell to Hannah Stites. The gathering that we had was a moment of sharing and acknowledging and honoring someone whose whole modus operandi was give. And I watched people embrace her and love on her and give her a sense of security and belonging that maybe they hadn't shared all the time or every day. But you know what? Her dad came up to me um, on Tuesday. They were packing up some final things. And he said that he asked Hannah how she was. And she said, I feel calm, which to me is the greatest gift that we can give someone who is leaving this community, that she was not feeling distressed or alone or abandoned. She felt calm. What a gift you were able to give her through that.
And so I want to close by putting out a three-point mandate. I want to ask you to recommit and rededicate yourselves to the ways in which you care for each other within this community. So number one, care for each other. Number two, we must open our doors. However it happens, we must open our doors. And that means not just on Sunday. Care for each other, open our doors. And last but not least, we must be willing to take how we care for each other inside the church out through those doors into the world. That combination is the magic I see out there. It's the magic I would like for each of you to experience. And it's the magic that I know will bring more people into this beloved community, into this embrace, into this place we call First Parish. Do not forget, we are the power. May it be so.